Welcome, friends, to the PW Fan. The PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for fans, and we appreciate you joining us. I am your host, representing the old school wrestling fan and your favorite barber, giving you the best haircuts you've ever had, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, obsessed with indie wrestling, Jeremy. I'm your host, the architect of pro wrestling podcast, Andy. All right, guys, we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about AEW Dynamite first, and then we'll talk a little bit about NXT and a little bit about SummerSlam. Uh, but let's jump right into Dynamite. Andy, take us through the show, and uh, I know you have all the notes, and we're uh, going to get right into it. Last night's Dynamite on the 25th opened with a match of Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy. They had been feuding for the past couple weeks, and it ended with Cassidy as the winner. I thought it was a pretty good match. I'm pretty sure he broke his nose doing a crossbody. Uh, as in Orange Cassidy broke Matt Hardy's nose doing a crossbody. It just was gushing as soon as he hit that. Um, yeah, overall, I liked the match. Uh, fans were into it, and good start to the show. Yeah, I, I also liked it. I thought it was a great opportunity for AEW right after CM Punk debuting on last uh, previous Friday to have new eyes on it. And it's kind of interesting how they chose Matt Hardy and Cassidy as the first match. Just because Matt Hardy, everyone knows who he is if you're a wrestling fan. And then Orange Cassidy, of course, the new guy in AEW that's going to be you know, in the main event, you know, for the next few years, I think. But yeah, I think that was, that was a good opening match. It was definitely landed straight on his face. Cassidy did on Matt Hardy. And so that was, he was gushing blood, which was, it's always nice to see him in the opening match for a AEW show. So what do you think, they, Tim? They love busting open Matt Hardy in AEW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, I absolutely agree with you about being an interesting choice uh, to have Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy be the ones to open the show. You would think that after having that big Rampage debut that they might choose something else to start the show because there's going to be all these new eyes on the product. You would think that they would want to put their best foot forward and putting something that's really going to blow people away. With that being said, though, to be fair, it was... One of the better Orange Cassidy matches I've seen. It did start with a little comedy, which the more episodes we do, I think the people listening will come to realize the comedy stuff is not my thing, but I do not hate it. I just thought it was an interesting choice for that to be the the first thing that they decided to go with. But, of course, the fans who are already familiar with AEW, they love Orange Cassidy, and they enjoyed the match. Yeah, he went for that cross body and came down right across his face. And actually, I was watching it with my wife, and her eyes were actually at the TV, too. And I think we both kind of realized, like, oh, that, that had to hurt. And he rolled over near uh, one of the turnbuckles, and I started noticing that he was bleeding. And I was like, oh, yeah, he definitely, he de- he definitely broke his nose, at least. Uh, I did notice in this match that Matt Hardy was pretty dominant throughout the whole thing, and Cassie did not get much offense in. Uh, he get a, got a little bit of a comeback spot, and then uh, he won with that pin where he had the hands in his pockets, the like the pocket cradle. I gave it three stars, strong opener. I just thought uh, kind of a weird choice if you're going to have all these new people watching. I would have started, to be honest with you, with a high-intensity Young Bucks tag match. Like, put what you do best forward and even though that's not my favorite type of wrestling, if that's what AEW, you know, if that's kind of their thing, I, I thought that might have been something to really start the show. Like maybe do another Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks match or something just hot to start the show. I will say Orange Cassidy doing a swanton bomb with no hands, hands in his pockets. I popped for it. Yeah, gotta, <laughs> he also could, yeah, uh, went for a twist of fate, pop. I believe. <laughs> That's impressive what he can do with his hands in his pockets. It really is sometimes. Anybody else so think he looks like that, Ryan Gosling? A, a backstage promo. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Wait, now you say that. <laughs> yeah. Now it's all I'm going to be able to see. Um, so after the match, we have a backstage promo with Malachi Black. And overall, he was just talking to Arn and talking to Brock Anderson. 
you know, telling Brock that, you know, his father should be scared and that that Arn should pretty much stop Brock from going out there. Or Malachi was telling Brock, you know, to rethink pretty much everything. But that backstage promo, which had to do with their match that would happen later that night, uh, led to the Jericho segment where Jericho came out to the ring to talk about the future of his career. And he was talking to MJF and uh, how he lost, you know, the past three times. In the end, challenged MJF to a fourth match to prove that MJF really is better than Chris Jericho. And in the end, Chris Jericho, I guess you could say, put his career on the line for this match if he loses. Yeah, I think that was basically the only way that they could have done this match again. Um, I mean, I, I do think when they set up the five labors of Jericho that he had to get through five matches before getting to MJF, but they had him as a fifth one. I mean, how they've done it this far, I mean, with him being the fifth, that's probably as best as they could have done. I do feel it was kind of out of order with the Nick Gage match being second, and then, you know, Wardlow being fourth, which kind of seems like he should have been either second or first. Jericho is always is, gives a great promo. I think it might have went on a little bit too long. Yeah, I'm excited still for their match. At all out, I'm sure Jericho's probably going to win because uh, you know, he's not going to retire from wrestling yet. Yeah, I'm just going to quickly touch on the Malachi uh, segment, which was right before that. I really like that Malachi gets to cut his own promos now because he has really good intensity, and it's a lot more believable than some of the kind of hokey or scripted stuff he was having to do on Raw. But now that he speaks for himself, I think he, he has really found a good voice for himself. As far as the Jericho promo, yeah, I I thought I agree with you in a lot of aspects, Jeremy. I thought the whole order of the labors of Jericho was kind of interesting, kind of random, you know, like the I thought the Hoovy one was maybe a, a bit of a stretch, although I did end up enjoying the match. It was fun to see Hooventude because I grew up watching WCW and I really that was fun for me to see. But yeah, so I guess that they're having a match where Jericho puts his career on the line. And that if he loses, he'll never wrestle again. He, he'll do commentary and other things, but he'll never actually wrestle for the company. It's probably one of those things where I really don't know. Like, I could see him maybe stepping away from the ring and just doing, like, behind-the-scenes stuff and playing with Fozzie for a while and putting MJF over. But I can also see him, this is being, like, one of those storylines that kind of blurs the line a little bit and you just don't know. I overall have enjoyed their program. Uh, I do think it's time for it to come to an end, though, and MJF to finally kind of move on to something else. I'd completely agree with you. Their program has been going on, I guess, I would say for months and months. And at times, even though it's not just them being one-on-one, them being in the, at each other's throats, though, has been going on in some way, shape, or form for the past few months, whether it was a, as a team you know, against each other on separate teams or one-on-one. It's just, it's been going so long. You know, I, th- I think you guys are right. This is probably the only way they could probably get another match out of the feud. Yeah, it's weird that they went from a blood and guts match, which is usually the end of the feud, and now <laughs> they're going two more or three more after that. Doesn't it uh, kind so of feel that, like they we called have... an audible where, like, Jericho was going to maybe be done, and then they're like, ah, let's do one more. It kind of has like a, like, they kind of decided last minute, like, oh, maybe we should do one more. And now they're doing this. Like, they kind of threw it together a little bit. I kind of get that vibe. It kind of does. And, and it kind of does. And, you know, they're adding it to uh, All Out now. So uh, they get a good stage to do it and, you know, fills up the card a little bit. And, you know, fan I still feel like fans are always going to be down to watch both of them. One's a mega heel that people love to hate, and everyone likes Jericho. Uh, next up, we had, I think it was the semifinals for the the tag team tournament that's going on for the Young Bucks titles. It was Lucha Bros against the Varsity Blondes. The winners were the Lucha Bros, and at the end of the match, the Elite came out, and so did Jurassic Express who are going to end up wrestling the Lucha Bros in the finals to see who goes after the Young Bucks. And the Jurassic Express ended up teaming up with the Lucha Bros to fight off some of the elite when they started attacking them. But I thought it was a good match. 
Ray Phoenix always, you know, blows my mind. He is fantastic and extremely fun to watch in the ring. What do you guys think? Yeah, every time the Lucha Bros come on, I'm like, they're amazing to watch, especially Ray Phoenix. And their teamwork also was, can tell that they're an actual tag team. They're not just two guys put together. I thought I loved the ending uh, when the Young Bucks came in and pushed the Tracks Express into them and then tried to act like, oh, they, you know, they're trying to attack you. Finally, a company that doesn't let their baby faces be stupid people <laughs> and actually be like, no, it's obviously them pushing them into them. And just that is like always makes me happy. And then they go up and beat up the young bucks. And it's a nice ending rather than having them start brawling for no reason. In the finals of the tournament, uh, Jurassic Express against Lucha Bros should be a really good match, too. Yeah. Hey, so I really don't. Person. I really don't know which direction they're going with them, uh, with winner-wise. But I'm sure it's gonna, you know, be a fantastic match. What do you think of the match, Tim? I didn't like it. Oh, okay. Hot take. Now I know both of you like it, but I'm sorry. It's the guy that's dressed up as a dinosaur. Just doesn't do it for me. And then, not to mention, you got two guys that dress like they're in high school, and they got a high school cheerleader with them, which is pretty weird. My wife even said, she said, are they supposed to be in high school? I said, I'm, I can't really tell. She said, it's kind of weird, don't you think? I said, yeah, maybe a little bit. I thought you liked Brian Pillman Jr. I do. I love Brian Pillman Jr. I definitely feel for him. Um, Just don't like the gimmick. No, and I'm not a huge Lucha Bro person either but i know that the aew fans love all of these teams and are they're all super over i thought it was a good match overall from that perspective i gave it three stars but you know because i i want to make sure when i always do my ratings that i consider the fans all around it's not always my taste and my tastings that are going to be the things that I can judge a, ba- a match based off of. I also understand that in certain environments, certain crowds like certain things, and it works there. So yeah, I uh, I gave it a I think I gave it a pretty decent rating, three stars, and I thought they all worked really hard. So you're saying you don't like Penta dress up as the Joker? <laughs> no. Even I don't like that. Even I don't like that. <laughs> I was like, that's something he spent so much money on. He's like, you know what? I'm wearing this. <laughs> he wears it all the time, I feel like. It's not, it wasn't just a one-time pay-per-view thing. Right. Uh, so, so after that match, you had Jamie Hayter, who recently returned to, uh, I guess, be with Brick Baker, versus uh, Red Velvet. Winner was Jamie Hayter. Thought it was a nice match. I never really watched Jamie Hayter before, but I think she's pretty good after that being like the first time I saw it. Yeah, I, I liked, I enjoyed her. Uh, I feel like she's going to be pretty good coming up. She gets more exposure and everything. Red Velvet, I don't really, we haven't seen much of her. And also what we've seen so far is not, hasn't been always that great, I think. I mean, other than the match with I Cody agree. and when she tagged with Cody versus Shaq and... Um, mm-hmm. I forget her name right now. Uh, Jade Cargill. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, that was pretty good. But that also could be the kind of tribute between those two. So yeah. she doesn't really have you know, too many other matches. And going up, especially going up against Britt Baker when she did in Pittsburgh, it's probably not a good idea for her trying to be a babyface right away. <laughs> yeah. I like Jamie Hayter. So want to see more of her. What do you think, Tim? Jamie Hayter, I, I'm glad that she was in the match because if she wasn't, I it probably would have been kind of rough. Red Velvet, uh, she you know, she's green, and maybe with some time she'll be better. Uh, there are, like, wrestlers that you see who can have a good match, but it doesn't mean that they can have a good match with anyone. One thing that I always think of back in the day is in the early 90s, uh, Johnny B-Bad, he was a guy who he could have his match, but if you anything outside of that, he couldn't really have that match. And that's just being green. And then he ended up becoming Mark Marrow in the WWF, uh, Sable's ex-husband, and uh, I thought he improved as a worker. But I think as time goes on, 
uh, Red Velvet will improve, and I think we'll be seeing more both of them for sure. I know they're trying to build their women's division. Uh, I gave the match uh, two and a half stars. All right, so after that, we see the Dark Order backstage, and there seems to be some, I guess you could say, turmoil within the group ever since Hangman Page stopped hanging around and they didn't save him the one week from getting attacked by the elite. That backstage segment led into CM Punk making his Dynamite debut. So let's get into it. Yeah, so first thing, I actually so I want to talk about the Dark Order segment because Dark, the Dark Order storyline has been like one of my favorites in this past month. Uh, There's their evolution as a group. And also after uh, Brody and everything. So kind of having them split. And then I think, you know, everyone's thinking they're going to maybe maybe they'll have a match. And then it kind of ends their split. And then they'll come back together. And then Hangman comes back with them. And, you know, it's a nice long-term storytelling, I hope. That's what I'm hoping. Or, or maybe Bray comes in and becomes oh. the new leader. That'd be awesome. In Brody's spot. You never know. Yeah, I would but love that. I agree with you. Uh... When the company first started, I, and I think Tim would agree too, we absolutely hated Oh, they were terrible. Terrible. And when they first debuted, I think it was at, was it Double or Nothing? They first debuted and they had a chair or like a, yeah. it was like a throne of people. Yeah. A throne they of order members. I did not understand what was going on. I had no idea who they were. But over time, they've really grown on me. And some of them are really funny. You know, I don't yeah. watch things like, I, I just don't really ever check out being the the elite. I know they're on there a lot and they have a lot of funny segments, but uh, even even the stuff they just do on TV is funny. And I don't know, yeah, just overall they've really grown on me. And I, I did like their storyline that they had going on with Adam Page trying to convince him all the time to join. Yeah, that was part of like you know, they call him Johnny Hungy now. Uh, part of the reason why he got over was because of that show BTE. Yeah, I, just, I hope that storyline works out because I'm a huge fan of them. Now I am. Johnny, Johnny Hungy. <laughs> um, but yeah, going into CM Punk, which is one of my by far the best segment on this Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still got a pretty good pop, even though it was kind of Milwaukee and it was a smaller arena, but they were still going crazy. <laughs> and you can't beat a you can't beat a CM Punk in pop in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, that's like you can't like, follow that. Yeah, and his promo is like I forget how good he is at promos just oh, from yeah. seven Fantastic. years away, and just him being able to control the crowd and kind of manipulate them into any way that he wanted them to go into, and then of course he drops that Brian Danielson moment when he just says that someone else should stick. And, you know, might you just need to be a little more patient. Yep. And then the place right. goes insane. It was awesome. Pretty fair to say all of us are pretty uh, hyped on the punk train right now. Happy to see him back in wrestling. I really believe in CM Punk. I, I believe that he doesn't want to do bad wrestling. I know he loves professional wrestling. And as a fan who uh, views pro wrestling a certain way and likes a certain type of professional wrestling... Uh, he's right up my alley of uh, everything that I like about wrestling and what he stands for. One of his favorite wrestlers is Harley Race, who is one of the uh, legendary, mm. most traveled NWA world champions of all time. Rest in peace, Harley Race. So, yeah, it's really great for me to have CM Punk back. I thought he cut an extremely strong promo, just like his original debut. Uh, he has a lot to say, and... I think he's really excited to work with the young talent. I know he really likes Darby Allen. Like, I think they're, I'm, I mean, look, I would, it would be fair to say that they're probably either friends or buddies or cool with each other uh, behind the scenes. They're both straight edge. They both like punk rock music. I'm, you know, I'm sure they, they vibe even though one's uh, a lot younger than the other. So I'm really looking forward to that match. And it's been really awesome to see CM Punk back. And I can't wait to get my hands on one of those shirts. If they could stop selling out, that'd be awesome. I think it's a really good choice as a first match for Punk. Uh, Like you had said earlier in the podcast, when we were talking about the opening match, 
and all these new eyes now on the the company with CM Punk being back those new eyes are going to be introduced to someone like Darby Allen by tuning in to see CM Punk and for the people that have been watching AW since it you know came out Darby Allen is a household name but outside the AEW world, if you're just tuning in, you have no idea. And so piecing or putting together CM Punk with him is just fantastic. It, if you think about it, it's a great too because if you haven't watched wrestling in a long time, but you're really, I get what you're saying, Andy. You know, if you haven't watched wrestling in a long time and you like CM Punk, and then all of a sudden you see Darby Allen, you're like, well, this guy is pretty cool too. What's this dude about? And by association, you know, you're kind of exposing him to an even bigger audience. And I think it would be f- probably fair to say a lot of Punk's fan base, if they don't know who Darby Allen is, which that's probably unlikely, but if there's any that don't, they would probably be down with his whole his whole gimmick and his whole vibe. I'm, I'm sure they share fan bases. Some oh, people absolutely. like CM Punk probably like Darby Allen. And the way that Punk talks about Darby's dives, it's like, I really hope he takes a few during their match. <laughs> I'm sure he will. Speaking of dives, so I saw a video Sam going Punk's... around the internet of a uh, guy's getting ready to dive out of the ring, and he doesn't get enough momentum, and he kind of stumbles, and then he kind of falls, but it's in slow motion. Nobody got hurt or anything. It's just the most bizarre thing. He was going for a tope suicida, and just stopped running and then just kind of fell out. I actually sent the video to Jeremy before we recorded. I haven't seen this at all. I'll send it to you after the show. So after CM Punk, there was a uh, backstage segment with Miro talking about his upcoming match with Eddie Kingston for the TNT title, which I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that's going to be at All In, I believe. At all out, um, or all all out. Yeah. I always forget which one it is. <laughs> I think it will be. They didn't announce that. They just kind of started building that, which kind of wish there was a little bit more build to that because yeah. Eddie could make that into a great feud. Yeah, and he's really good at promos too. He, he yeah. they would have been able to sell that pretty well. Considering the CM Punk segment just happened, the first match we have after that. And after the Miro segment is Darby Allen teaming with Moxley and Eddie Kingston against Ryan Nemeth, J.D. Drake, and Cesar Bononi, and they're known as the Wingmen. Now, to me, this is the first time I'm seeing the Wingmen. I don't know if they've been on Dark. Yeah, I have no, I have no idea. But the winners, as you can probably guess, was Darby Allen's team of Mox and Eddie Kingston. This was a very random match to me. Me too. <laughs> there was no build. There's nothing. They just kind of had a match <laughs> for what it was. I mean, I liked. I always liked the Moxley match, like Eddie match, and uh, Darby match. So I was happy that they were there. But it just it didn't seem. It just seemed awkward. What do you think about Moxley now coming out to Wild Thing all the time? That I, I liked it at first. Now I'm kind of like, can you just go back to the <laughs> and also the way he walks to the ring now is like very slow and methodical. You know? What do you think, Tim? Yeah, what ha- Moxley used to come out like all intense. He'd be like like a snorting like a bull. There'd be like water. People would be like hyped. There'd be like lights going. Now he just comes and walks out all slow. I'm like, all right, it's not. It's kind of a different take on it, but I feel like it's almost threes across the board tonight for me. Uh, yeah, another three star. Uh, again, I would never. It's hard for me to give stuff lower than a three a lot of the time because. I just, uh, you know, have a lot of respect for the people that are, are working the match and that they put a lot of things on the line, especially their safety. Um, but, yeah, three stars, solid uh, six-man. Um, again, very random that it was even on the show, but it was fun to see some of those guys. So, And I understand getting new eyes on the product, they probably wanted to get as much uh, new stars on the show as possible to show Hey, look, if you remember Dean Ambrose, we have him too. So so after that match, we had a backstage interview with Ty Conti, who I want to say I always wanted her to get pushed more in NXT. 
And I don't know why she never did, but it seems like ever since she got to AEW, she's gotten a lot better, and she's being pushed more and more. Uh, I see her, you know, being a headliner in the women's division in over time. Most of her matches are usually pretty good, depending on who she's going up against. After that, though, we had this FTR promo, which I don't know where I've been. I had no idea that Cash Wheeler basically almost died and ripped open his arm on a. It was you like didn't a see that in that match on the turnbuckle. I must have completely missed it, and and I I was kept rewinding in like slow motion last night because they kept showing. And I was like, oh my god. Oh, it was bad. It was gnarly. I was I had been wondering where FTR. I'd been wondering where they had been, because you know Sean Spears has been on TV and Tully, but not them. So, but they're doing a promo about if they want to do one more match, and if it is their last match, depending on how Cash heals, they're gonna do another match against Santana or and Ortiz. I don't think they announced when, but I th I think they were trying to get the people you know not to really forget about them and. Let them know, hey, we're not done yet, just yet. We at least have one more in us. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they announced when, but this, yeah, this feud, I feel like it was very hot right before they had their big match. And yeah, I remember, they... I remember the build to it. I just don't remember that incident, for, which is a huge incident to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you it are a nasty. very detailed um, note taker. The fact that you don't know it is like, wow. I know, I know, I know. I must have just popped out of the room like right away or something, or just like looked yeah, away. It happened like, quick too. Time. I think they like realized the doctor was right there where it happened, so they realized how bad it was. Because I think it wasn't was it like fight for the fallen that they wrestled. Yeah, with? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know how I missed it. Yeah. But up next we had the Kenny Omega and Christian segment. Personally, I love this feud. I thought their first match was great. Kenny, I've really started to enjoy this version of Kenny with, you know, the shit talking Don Callis with him. And Kenny's kind of, in a way, almost doing that cowardly heel. They're hyping up their match for the AEW Championship at All Out. I can't wait for it. If it's, you know, even just as good as the last one, that'll be a win for me, no matter who wins the match. Yeah, I... Love this feud as well, which I didn't think I was going to when they first when he first came out, Christian Cage, and that um that one that was like a few weeks ago when they announced it, and I was like, oh, it's gonna be him and Kenny Omega and all out. It wasn't that exciting, but now I'm like fully invested into this, and also Don Cal's doing like a Ric Flair was ripping all of his you know clothes off and act like he's gonna fight. <laughs> Sorry, did you hear last night? Uh... Two times in a row, Kenny, Christian was saying something to Kenny, and Kenny's like, you think you know me? Yeah. You think you know me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that was hilarious. And, like, I love how Kenny drops all those stuff. Like, before Punk debuted, he was wearing that chick magnet shirt or, like, the Cookie Monster, because that's what people uh -huh. think that it stood for. Yeah, this feud, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see their match now, because their first one on Ramp in the very first Rampage was... One of the best, I think, in AW ever. Like, I'm definitely in the top five or even top ten, maybe. And it was kind of surprising that Christian won, which I think was a big thing. And I was so happy about it. So, yeah, I can't wait for this. Yeah, their first match, I think the last time Jeremy stopped into the barbershop for a haircut, we were talking about how my two favorite matches in AEW history so far is the Dustin and Cody match from, is that the, the first pay-per-view? I believe it was, right? Pretty sure it was double or nothing. Yeah, their first Yeah, that first one. first official paper. Yeah. And then yeah. my that was a great match. Other favorite match is from the first rampage, which is the Christian and Kenny match. And I said my only thing with that match is I wish they got a little bit more time. So I'm really hoping now that they're having it on pay per view, they're gonna have that time to make it I mean, it was already an awesome match, but just to take it that one step further, because Christian, he's great. He's one of those those workers who, even if you're like, oh, Christian's cool, sometimes he, you'll watch him wrestle, and then you'll get so sucked into the match, and you'll be like, oh my god, like he he's fantastic. And I feel like, unfortunately, sometimes he almost gets like forgotten about as like 
just like how good he is in the ring. I, I remember as a <clears throat> growing up, Christian was never one of my favorite wrestlers. I didn't appreciate Christian until I really started watching and being a more fan of the in-ring stuff rather than the, uh, the storyline stuff. That's when I learned to appreciate how excellent Christian is as a wrestler. So I'm, yeah, I'm really excited for the match. Don Callis is so good at his role. I hate him, but that means he's doing a really great job. So good for him. Yeah, Christian, I, I'm the, in the same boat as you. I never really liked him. You know, Edge was always the favorite. But then if you go back and watch some of his matches with Randy Orton a little bit before, I guess, he he retired, I think they have a match at SummerSlam. So uh, they had a bunch of matches for the really, World Heavyweight title. Yeah. Just a really good worker. And I don't want to say he's a good hand because he, he's more than that. I mean, the fans are really into him. You can you can see it when he's out there with, you know, the champion. But, and as you're saying time-wise, hoping they'll have more time, since this is for the AEW title, it should be the main event. So it should be, you know, time remaining or whatever they they say in the company for the end of the pay-per-view. Yeah, I think AEW especially, they're like, the title is the main event no matter what, no yeah. matter who has it. And I think the pay-per-view can go as long as they want. I like that's a very old school thing of them that they they really do make the they still try to make the title be the number one thing and it usually closes out the show which I still appreciate. So after that we have a backstage segment with Moxley which leads into another uh six man tag. It's the Factory headed by QT Marshall versus the Gun Club, and the winners were the Gun Club. And we had Paul White on commentary doing it, I would say, because he's wrestling QT Marshall at All Out, I believe, right? They're not saving it for a TV uh, match. They're, sa- they're saving it for yeah, it's his all out. in-ring AW debut at All Out, right? <laughs> yeah. So winner was Gun Club. Lots of tag matches on that show. Yeah, this match... I don't really care about it, to be honest. <laughs> All I want to see is Paul White or no, Big Show. No, the same way, you know. Big Show no, just no. knock out QT Marshall in five seconds, and then that's it. I'll be happy. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When Andy started talking about this match, I forgot that it was on the show. I do remember hearing... <laughs> right. uh, I do remember hearing Paul White's voice on commentary at some point. Like, that's in my brain, <laughs> but I don't even remember the match. I'm looking at my notes here. I, I unfortunately I don't think I have a star for it either, so we'll have to we'll have to move on. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and I never understand the purpose of bringing this guy on, but we have Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page out back, along with the owner of American Top Team, Dan Lambert, and all he ever does, anytime he's on TV, is just makes fun of the fans for liking wrestling. I don't know if it's just to get some heat. Because Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are already heels. So I don't know if showing them with him just gives them even more heat that they're trying to do. But every time he's on TV, he just makes fun of the fans and says, we're all losers for <laughs> watching <laughs> AEW wrestling. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. Like I, I find it actually really funny. And he's a very good promo, too, which is like even funnier to me because he's ripping people apart. I'm like, yeah, just keep going, man. <laughs> this is hilarious. But also, I don't get it at all. So there's two sides of like, it's very entertaining. Then I'm like, where is this going at all? Because there's no storyline to it. It's just he hates AEW, but he keeps showing up on AEW. Yeah, it's very confusing. <laughs> he reminds me of like if Bill Burr and Jim Cornette were wrapped into one person. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, I, I mean, look, I get a kick of what kick out of what he says i think it's funny but uh i don't really know where they're going with it well <clears throat> i'm sure it'll lead to something where he's just a troll <laughs> that's yeah. all he is it'll but he does get real heat like those people he says some stuff that really gets some of those AEW fans like actually angry and he like jeremy said he is a good promo so we'll see what happens so then we got Arn backstage talking about Brock's upcoming match against Malachi Black, which is up next and the main event of the show. 
Malachi Black comes out first, then Brock Anderson. The winner was Malachi Black in quick fashion. Uh, he beat him, of course, with the Black Mass. Afterwards, he goes for a Black Mass against Arn. Arn actually blocks it. Malachi Black low blows him, then gets an Arn. Uh, Black leaves the ring as Lee Johnson comes out to try to help Arn and Brock, but Malachi's already gone, and that's the end of the show. So you're telling, me, <laughs> you're telling me the first person to block Malachi Black's finisher is Arn not even an active wrestler. The Enforcer. <laughs> he didn't even, like, that was like... He was like... Neo what? in the Matrix when he was like blocking all like you know not even looking at the agent guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I to this match though I would have preferred um, Malachi Black just come out and then the bell rang and then Brock he doesn't didn't get out of the ring and I would prefer him to run and then just him get kicked in the face it's over just right away just no offense for him quick fashion yep. yeah. And then I, I, I thought that's what was gonna happen. The way they were yeah. hyping up about like being scared and you know you shouldn't fight him, like that's what I thought was gonna happen. Yeah. And I'm sure Tim's happy that Black isn't wearing his uh, jujitsu shorts. He didn't like. He's that. back to he's back to wearing you know just the regular underwear tights, looking like how he did in uh, yeah, job WWE. Or... Oh, on his debut. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't understand the who's who ran it then. Lee Johnson. At then, the end, yeah, Lee Johnson. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Well, when he ran at the end, I was like, "Why is Malachi Black can't out of the ring? He just just kick him in the face." He should just he should black mask him too. Yeah, take out everyone. Yeah. Is that what Big he's pop. calling the move in A and W? Yeah, I actually just checked while we were talking about it. It's still called black mask. I mean, his last name in the in the show. Yes, yeah. in the show, his last name is also Black. So. I guess it still makes sense. I don't think WWE owned the rights to the name, so. Yeah, I really thought that uh, Malachi that's was going to go in there and destroy him quickly, but I'm sure Arn behind the scene was like, "Yeah, Tony, you gotta let my son get in at least something, okay?" <laughs> uh, overall though, I thought it was a good show. I will say, after you know, pandemic era. I've really just been enjoying the fans being back, and it's just—it's making all these shows just ten times better. It's been excellent having yeah, it's so much back. more energy and yeah, it re- it yeah. really is. So after the Roman and Cena match, which Roman won clean, I was shocked by, but I was like, okay. Uh, Brock came back and got a big pop. And are we all in agreement that we're assuming this is huge, huge, huge? This pop. is for the Crown Jewel pay per view that they're doing this for. I would say so. I also read on you know dirt sheet stuff that his new contract is for a year and a half. We're gonna have uh, designs on pro wrestling tees here uh, soon enough, guys. And uh, I'm already thinking that's going to be a shirt soon, dirt sheet stuff. But the rumor originally, I believe, was that Brock, they weren't going to do this feud again until WrestleMania 2023. And for some reason, they fast-tracked it. I guess the prince wants to see Brock wrestle over in Saudi Arabia. At least he chose someone that's alive this time. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) I, I mean, he's supposed to show up to SmackDown this week. I believe, and also Becky Lynch is supposed to show up to SmackDown this week, who also came back at SummerSlam and made quick work of Bianca Belair and is now, once again, the women's champion on SmackDown. So I think first we'll go over Brock real quick and then go into Becky, Um, because Brock's return, I really liked it, and the pop that he got after, after Roman won and everything. And then I always love that walk when they do stadium shows. That walk to the ring is so long, and they have to keep cutting back and forth. And like, how Brock, Brock was wearing this tight black tank top and jeans with his man bun and a beard, and bleach blonde hair that he has, and it was it was great to see that. And then when he gets in the ring and he was like posing and everything, I was like, this, this Brock is going to be really great for this run. I don't know if he's going to be a babyface or not, but I think the fans are going to cheer because they hate Roman so much. 
Yeah. And then the other that side of this is Becky's return, which was great yeah. initially. And then we get in the ring, and she's cutting a promo with saying, Good and bad. Let's tear down the house. And then you have a 26-second match where she wins. So, to me, that's not... I mean, I know you want to turn her heel, but you don't have to do it that way. This star that you built up in Bianca Belair, you just made it all seem like you did it for nothing. And that she means nothing. Right. That's what bothers me. All the hard work that you know, Bianca put in since WrestleMania and even beforehand uh, from the rumble leading up to mania, you know, you're trying to get her over and Becky comes back and beats her in 26 seconds. If she can do that to the champion. What does it say about the other women in your locker room? What Becky beat them in 10 seconds instead. Right. I just, I don't know where they're going with it and I'm sure we'll eventually find out. But as of now, as a fan, I just don't understand why do that to Bianca because it could have been a really good match. Yeah, I'm I'm really disappointed on how everything played out with Becky's return. It was a weird moment because you had Carmella come out and you could tell that the fans were confused and disappointed because they thought they were going to get a Sasha Banks match. And like we talked about off air, they up until the last minute were pushing that thing like it was going to happen. And then as they get the match in the ring, they say, okay, it's not going to happen. And then Carmella comes out. The fans get distressed looking. (laughs) I saw a couple guys in the front row that looked like they wanted to go ask for their money back. And uh, all of a sudden, Becky's music hits. Everything goes crazy. Everybody's happy. Like Jeremy said, they're acting like they're going to tear the house down, have this big match. And then she loses in two moves. And I just felt... I went went from being a good moment to where I just felt bad afterwards. So I just was like, okay, well, now I'm just feel bad for Bianca. And I don't even really care about Becky coming back. Because now I feel bad for Bianca. Yeah, it's like they know Sasha, so the fans are bummed. Then Carmella comes out, fans are even more bummed now. And then you get Becky... You bring him back up. Squash Bianca. You bring him back down. It was a roller coaster it's of emotions. It's the WWE roller coaster is what I like. Yeah. So it's WWE roller coaster, I like to call it. It's how they get you to almost walk away and then, you know, bring it back in the fold. As we start to wrap up the show today, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Just going into the fall this year uh, with the possibility of Daniel Bryan coming back and let's be honest we're all pretty certain he's gonna turn up sooner than later especially off uh recent hints by cm punk but how do you guys think this year is going to be as far as you know clearly the whole nxt versus AEW thing didn't work out and now you know that they have guys like cm punk on AEW, that they would never at this point they would probably never beat them in a ratings war but where do you see AEW going from here as far as actually being a legitimate competition for Raw and SmackDown? Because I've, I have I cut a lot of people's hair and see a lot of people during the week, and people tell me all the time, hey, I, I saw that AEW company. It kind of reminds me of wrestling when I was a kid, and that's kind of what they're going for, and they're getting old fans back that used to watch wrestling, even if it was seven years ago when CM Punk was originally popular. I think, and I also hope, that it's going to become another war. And I only hope that because it forces both shows to do better. And as a fan of both companies and just wrestling overall, that's a win-win. I agree. I think for me, AEW is going to have to figure out the balance between getting those new big or signing those big stars like punk and brian and then also how they mix them in with their talent that they created and i think that's just going to be a huge part of how they keep the viewers the new viewers who come from cm punk or dan o'brien and if they can keep those throughout the year because then the ratings will go up from like they're at 1.1 
two, I think, from this last dynamite. Then if they get up to one point five, then they start to get serious. Then that's why I was surprised that they were opening, like we were saying in the beginning of the show, that they were opening up uh, dynamite with Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy, and just reiterating one more time: you have all those new eyes, and you go with the comedy wrestling as your first you know, your first attempt and the first thing people are seeing, they know who Matt Hardy is. And, you know, you're going to have your people that say, oh, I know who that is. I remember him. But I just thought it was a really weird choice to go with. And if they keep doing things like that, I don't see them maintaining all the hot momentum that they have. Um, Even though you have all these stars i mean we've seen this before and if you look at uh the impact roster tna impact roster in 2009 to 2011 it's as stacked as any wrestling company ever was but there was decisions that were made that never helped it get to where it needed to be so i'm i'm hoping like jeremy saying that they figure out that balance of where to put the the indie haha stuff and then where to put the hey like this is what we're really about and this is this is the meat and potatoes of the show so after SummerSlam this weekend the next night we had takeover uh just want to talk about a couple things from it number one Ilya Dragunov versus Walter two Ilya is finally dethroned uh, Walter is now the champion, or you could say the czar is what he's going by. But f- great match. Loved it. Their first match was a classic. The second one was a classic. It could have been the main event and closed out the show if, you know, if they really wanted to, but it it was great. What do you guys think? Yeah, I love Walter's matches just because he just hit. He gets smacked, and also he smacks his opponent so much. Like, so hard, dude. Everyone's <laughs> chest, chest after man. wrestling Walter <laughs> is just... The blood is just coming to the surface. Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing to watch. And that, there's like, if, that, if he has that in it, I love it every single time. So this match was like one of my favorites on the show. And probably the favorite. Yeah, and Ilya can dish it out and take it just as much. Yeah, which makes it even better. Mm-hmm. What about you, Tim? Those are two tough dudes right there, let me say. Uh, I'm giving the match four and a half stars. Uh, I didn't give it the full five just because I was being picky with the finish. I thought the the MMA-style tap out out of nowhere. I understand it fits the style. Um, it, I just, it really I was out of nowhere. That, yeah. They had, I thought it was building. I thought the match was building to this big crescendo moment. And then it's almost like it like burned out too quick, like it's just stopped. And but it was an oh God, it was so good. I thought it lived up to the uh, the first match during the pandemic era. And uh, man, those guys just really, really go hard when they wrestle each other. And I I love both of them. They're awesome. Uh, two of my favorite people to watch in 2021. Any agreed, other NXT stuff we should go over? Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. Two out of three falls. Oh, yeah. We had a just a regular a regular singles match, then a street fight, and it ended with a steel cage, and Kyle O'Reilly won the best two out of three falls. And I believe, since Adam Cole's contract is up, and I, he hasn't re-signed anything, as of now, he is a free agent. So we'll have to see where he goes, but that rivalry has been really good. This is the third time they've uh, gone up against each other at a pay-per-view, and this is, or was, the end of it. So we'll have to see where Adam Cole goes next, but I'm sure it'll be somewhere, you know, somewhere big. Probably AEW for all I know. Everything Adam Cole does, uh, to me, I love it. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's probably going to AEW, I think, based off of what WWE is planning on doing with NXT and also how they're... Uh, revamping it of what they He's want. Got lots of friends over there though too, you know. Yeah, it all makes sense. And his girlfriend, right? Yeah, and he did her move during the match too. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even realize it. 
Yeah, I thought the match was really good. Um, I I gave it uh, three and a half stars. I think for me, it's just like I've seen, we've seen so much of these, this of just the undisputed era, the feud, the fallout for the last two years. Basically, I I am really really I'm personally ready to see Adam Cole do something else, and I'm very glad that it doesn't seem as if it's going to be on either Raw or SmackDown. He's probably knows he's better suited going somewhere where he can. Be fully appreciated and with that let's kind of close out with you know just like off the cuff feelings how do you guys feel about NXT, nxt changing and kind of rebranding and going a different direction i'm personally bummed about it what about you uh what about you andy i'm scared <laughs> if we're being honest uh i'm scared because if it's a vince decision of where it goes I can only imagine, you know, Vince loves big men. <laughs> to say that, you know, Vince loves his big wrestlers, his big guys. And I think when this first came out, the whole rumor was no more small guys and no more guys, I, I think, starting wrestling above their 30s or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they really want to cut it out. But it's it's supposed to be happening soon, so we'll have to see. They taped like three NXT shows in a row just so they can able to revamp it now and like redesign everything. So I'm really curious to see what they do. I don't really like this decision. Uh, one of the things I thought was interesting was Tony Khan right around the time that uh, what's his name, the other Khan and Dodi gave that interview. And kind I think of it's Nick Khan. Yeah, Nick Khan. And mentioned that they're changing that way. Um, Tony Khan's basically like saying wrestling is an art form and they come in all different shapes and sizes. So kind of just have to let whoever they want to be. And to me, that's what wrestling really is. Thank you, Tony Khan. <laughs> I, I 100% agree. What do you think of the direction? Um, uh, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed just because I really love the 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 era pretty much all the way from Seth Rollins and uh, a young Roman Reigns in the beginning, uh, right after FCW, all the way up until the later Undisputed Era stuff. I mean, I thought all of NXT, if you put that all in a time capsule, I think that'll almost be like the part one of NXT and whatever's coming next will be the, you know, the new era basically. But for me, if I could go back, if, you know, like if DVDs or if that format was still a thing, I man, I'd go back and buy all that era of NXT because I feel like that's a special time in wrestling in general and how many stars came from that. Well, with that being said, guys, let's close out the show here. I want to thank everyone for listening to the PW Fan and join us next week where we talk about all things wrestling. <laughs>